This is the I Work For Him podcast. To make sure you never miss a thing from I Work For Him, subscribe to our email list. Just head to our website at iworkforhim.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, click subscribe, and sign up. We'll send the very latest blogs and podcasts from I Work For Him so you never miss a beat. That's iworkforhim.com. This is producer Michael Marigle. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get to today's program. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning into I Work For Him today on this Thank God It's Monday broadcast as we celebrate today the work the Lord is doing in our lives, in our workplaces, in connecting what we learned yesterday in church and what we're doing between our in our work hours, whatever they're 9 to 5, 8 to 5, 8 to 6, whatever they are, whether it's 7 to 3.30 or 3 to 11, whatever your hours are. Connecting what we heard yesterday during the sermon with what we do in our workplace is so important. And that's why we've been highlighting the ministry of work life. And we'll be right there in just a second. You know, in 1972, Johnny Nash wrote the song, I can see clearly now the rain has gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that have me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright sunshiny day. So what caused Johnny Nash to see clearly? The obstacles were removed from his path. So are you struggling to see clearly the path that you were taking to connect your faith and your work? Are you struggling to see clearly who you are and how God created you to be? You know, are you struggling with with celebrating Mondays instead of Friday afternoons? Are you suffering from being crosswired a little bit here and not being able to see clearly your mission in your mission field? Well, we've got Doug Spaded with Work Life here to clear that all up. Find out more about Work Life online at worklife.org. Doug Spaded, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Happy Monday again. Uh, I just want to tell you, Jim, I'm not talking unless we are entering the No Moan Monday zone. So No you, Moan Mondays. Absolutely. Thank God it's Monday. We reject anybody that says we're looking forward to Friday already. It is, although this week, this week, I think it's okay to celebrate yep. Friday on Monday. Yep. I think it's yep, just this right. week, though. Just this week. That's because right. that's because right. it's good Friday. That's right. But I agree yep. with you, Doug. I've been talking to people on the street about our shows on Monday and challenging people to start with that new attitude that, hey, the Lord intended for us to be celebrating Mondays, not moaning and groaning and whining and complaining about Mondays. But it, it, it's still, every once in a while, it, it's still a struggle. It is. It is. I just got off the phone. You know, we had... Uh... My wife, Tricia, you remember? She's in uh, medicine down at Children's Hospital. We had her on last week. You remember that? So I just got off the phone. She's right in the thick of it down there uh, at the hospital working with these babies and kids and all this stuff. And she said to me, Jim, you remember, you know, she was being real with us last week and kind of bringing us down to to where it really hits the road, man, for for real people that are listening. And she said, Doug, to be honest with you, man, my – I am struggling with this TGIM kind of attitude today and stuff. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I said, Tricia, no moan Monday, honey. No moan Monday. And so and anyway, she but said, it's, it's real. you're cooking dinner tonight. That's what she said, yeah, right? She's like, hey, don't talk to me, man. I'll be home and see you later. But, you know, Jim, we talked about in the, in the prior weeks that, you know, it starts with having a correct biblical understanding of work and the fact that work is actually a spiritual act of worship. 
Remember, we talked about work is actually worship. We talked about why our Heavenly Father had Jesus work in that workshop, in that wood shop, for all those years versus preaching and teaching. And it says he grew in wisdom and character. And and so God's using work. And, you know, since work is not cursed, and we also went through a little bit of the creation order to try to debunk these, what I call biblical secrets about work, that, uh, that, you know, work actually preceded the fall. So most people, most Christians, Jim, even after actually hearing it and everything, they still, when we survey them, they still fall into this this accidental trap that somehow they think that work is just cursed and they've got to put up with it. They've just got to go do the job so they can give a little money to church and survive. There's nothing that's further from the truth. Well, and I think a lot of that just has to do with our vision gets a little crosswired that we don't really, that we don't understand who God created us to be. You know, you made in, in, in your book, the Monday switch, you, uh, or the switch, excuse me, all about your Monday revolution. I apologize. Got that's that, right. Got that's that right. But, but in there, you talk about the, the complexity of the eye and how that it has over 2 million parts. And yet we still can't see everything with our eyes. And some of us could see more things than others, but we still can't right. see anything. We can't see um, the, the, the spiritual dimension around us. We are limited to the thir- three-dimensional viewing. We don't get to see the fourth dimension. So there's so much mm-hmm. more in understanding, but that's really what the Holy Spirit does in us and helps us to be able to see things that we can't visually see, but they're really there. But And that really goes to the calling that's on our lives and understanding the complexity of the person that God created in us how long did it take you in your walk with the Lord, Doug, for you to see yourself the way God created you to be? Yeah, Jim, I don't. I don't think that it was any just one time. You know, it's it's a you know it's a line upon line, precept upon precept. So it happened in stages and and uh, revelation of kind of uh, you know uh, of things as I went through. Some of it was brokenness. Oh my gosh, I am not looking at this the, the right way and stuff. And so. A lot of times, uh, you know, and then I, I would just have things happen, you know, like I remember one time, uh, you know, I never, I, I, you know, my work was really about just getting the job done and talk about seeing. So this would be an example of seeing things differently, right? So we can't see the whole spiritual realm as we're coming into a certain work environment, but it's very active, right? There's good and evil. There's there's actually sort of a war going on, and you are a player in that. You're here's what it is. I tell Trisha this all the time. My wife, when she's walking into the hospital, listen, honey, you are actually carrying the kingdom of God. So things have to shift. You obey God, walk in your anointing, walk in your calling, and uh, and demons in the spiritual realm will take notice. And so that's. I mean, you know, not to get all spooky and scary, but there is actually, it's a war, Jim. It's a, sure we are it actually in a war. So you need to see things like that. Now, people are not the battle. Sometimes people are irritating and stuff like that, but that this also helps you get along with people and understand your mission because it's it's sometimes the things behind the people, right, and, and, and stuff in the environment that you have to actually battle with. And that's why you're there. You are there to accomplish a mission for the kingdom of God. Like, Jim, listen, you and I would never be able to go into that hospital. They speak an indigenous language of medicine that you and I would never hang with. Right. You know what I mean? So Trisha is actually 
an indigenous missionary planted inside of that hospital to have amazing kingdom impact for uh, for our for our Lord. Well, I think it, it, I understand that language, but really being able to understand the fact that we are in battle and being able to go to a church that helps equip us to understand that battle because there's so, every one of us is going into a mission field every Monday. And part of the part of the reason most of us were in the past moaning and complaining about Monday before we started the Monday revolution right here on Work Life, as we've sponsored here on I Work For Him, it is to understand the incredibleness of the mission that God has given us but finding those churches that that understand helping us make that connection between Sunday and Monday is is a big battle. It is, it is, and that's uh, we've spent, uh, gosh, I don't know, well over a decade serving and helping churches around the world. I I can just tell you, I've seen absolute miracles happen where where churches actually recognize that they're there to equip the saints. Ephesians four eleven and twelve, Jim, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So. Although we have this experience on Sunday, which can be tr- quite extraordinary, the real work, the real ministry and impact of the church actually starts on Monday. So I say, I say it this way to, to Pastor Jim. The church on Monday, or the effectiveness of the church on Monday, actually tells people whether the church on Sunday was real, because it's really just a launching pad. It's almost in my military vernacular. It's an aircraft carrier, but for too long we've kind of thought about the church as a cruise ship where we go and get entertained. It's actually an aircraft carrier where you're supposed to be launched out to fly your mission in medicine, business, education, wherever it is that God has called you. Doug Spada, as we talk today about being crosswired and and getting getting involved in a church that helps us understand this, you've got a guest joining us today on the air. Why don't you introduce our guest? Maybe we don't have Doug Spada yet. Okay, well when we come, well we've got Doug. I'm sure we'll get him back in a second. We're talking today about being crosswired and how our connection with God, sometimes we get twisted and we don't see things the way we should see them, and we end up looking at ourselves as if we can't accomplish anything. But the Lord has put a high calling on our lives. Doug Spader, are you on the line? I am. I am, Jim. It's, uh, you know, uh, Jim, it's it's my privilege to actually introduce uh, my good friend, Dan Anderson. Dan's the uh, the president and CEO of Kingdom Way Ministries, and we have uh, we've worked closely together helping churches and business leaders. And, and frankly, this whole thing we've been talking about for weeks, man. This whole Monday Revolution. Dan's uh, Dan has lived it out. Now, Dan was a pastor for twenty years. That's what we're going to talk about a lot. Um, he's also uh, you know done ministry and and uh, Ghana and Liberia and Guatemala and things like that. So. He's He's written three books, so we're just very meshed together in accomplishing this mission across the nation, and it's uh, it's great to have Dan here. I think he can give us some uh, some great uh, key in, you know insight into kind of what it's like to be a pastor and actually live this out. Dan said something to us the other day, uh, Jim, that kind of stuck in my brain, and I'll, I'll turn it over to Dan on this, and he said, you know, for 20 years or so, I committed malpractice as a pastor. So, hey, Dan, are you on the line? Uh, uh, love to have you here. I am, Doug, and uh, thank you, and thank you, Jim, for having me. It's great to be with you and all your listeners today. 
Well, it is always great to have another guest on I Work For Him, just to share from their heart, hey, this is how the Lord has moved and connected my faith and my work together. And, you know, as a pastor, a lot of people say, well, pastors don't have to work hard at connecting their faith and their work. Yet I think it probably is one of the most difficult jobs to connect faith and work because sometimes pastors are expected to do so many things that they're not really very good at that they don't get the opportunity to really walk by faith because they're so busy doing things that are way out of their their normal sandbox but why don't we just start off with dan okay you were a pastor for 20 years i know you're not a pastor anymore but you really are in your own in kingway ministries you're a minister and a pastor there but how did you come to understand that disconnect the fact that you were uh, actually uh being committing malpractice as a pastor how did that come to your mind yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the question. You know, for several years, the latter part of my 20 years, I really did start making the connections. But you know, some things I did well, I think, and we did as a leadership team together in churches I was involved in, was offering uh, training in spiritual disciplines, how to grow spiritually, you know, marriage weekends or classes, parenting classes, stewardship classes. But for the longest time, I totally missed the concept of really tapping into helping people understand what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, find meaning and mission in their Monday work, uh, in, in a place that occupies you know, 60% on average of their waking hours. And really how I came to, to become more awake to that need, it really started with a huge burden I had to try to do a better job at equipping our people to share the gospel with people uh, in their in everyday settings. But what I realized was through time of prayer and fasting was that I was missing that biggest piece of helping people in their work life because a lot of people uh, just you know just don't even think about that. And so really, I came across some of Doug's materials at that time. He didn't have the switch kit out at that time. Uh, but was challenged by some of the thoughts, and this, these are some of the things that really challenged me. I'll just share real quick. Uh, one was the fact that 90,000 hours are spent by people in the workplace as, on average by the time they're 65 versus 9,000 in church. The place where Jesus told most of his parables, did most of his ministry, performed most of his miracles, were in a work-life setting. And and I just and then obviously his twelve disciples that he invested in were mainly business and political leaders, and from that I just walked away as like how could I miss this? And this is exactly what Jesus was doing, and so that those were some of the things that really started my own mindset and shifts, focusing on equipping people in that area. And it's fantastic that the Lord led you down that path. And I know that the Lord is working in the hearts and minds of pastors across this great nation and around the world to understand those same things because there's a cry out for it today. But after you realize that, how did that paradigm shift in your mind impact how you started to equip your people, the members and the regular attenders of your church? What switched as you helped, as you now understood, wow, their calling in their workplace was just as high as your calling to the pulpit, and it was your job to equip them. How did that switch what you did on Sundays? Well, the first thing I'll share is just that my Sunday morning messages, I started incorporating more examples and illustrations of how they could live out what got you know, what Scripture calls us to, what God calls us to in the workplace. 
And I even did, and I ordered, uh, and this is on Doug's website, it's a uh, a church guide for pastors to give them some ideas and scriptures how to incorporate. So I put together a message series based on James called Work Life, and uh, preached uh, through through the book of James and really highlighted the value of faith at work. And, uh, and i got to tell you one story about that series. I actually preached at another church uh, about three years ago, did four-week series there, and because this is one of the things I think people, churches and pastors, need to understand as well. It not only benefits the person in their church, but it benefits the whole church. So I, I gave a message and uh, about challenging people to find meaning and mission and work from James. Three months later, I had a, uh, a lady come up to me in a parking lot and say, Hey, are you Dan Anderson? I said, Yeah. And she said, Well, thank you so much for that message. We haven't heard anything like that in our church before. And my husband been so depressed, so discouraged, he couldn't even get up and go to work, and we've been, been having marriage problems and everything. But that one message totally changed his mindset about work. And uh, so that was one of the things I started doing, and, and one of the benefits of that is it, it speaks a language that a lot of churches aren't speaking, so it meets the needs of people, increases volunteerism, and even giving. You know, there's giving connections if you feel like the church is ministering to a real felt need that you have that's also based and driven by Scripture, uh, people will respond in that way, too. So that was one way, and then uh, I have some, a few other thoughts uh, as we have time, if I, if I can share them. Well, here's what I want to ask. Doug Spada, when you hear a, a pastor gets this, when you see another mm-hmm. pastor that gets this, how encouraging is that that you had a role in helping open up the pastor's eyes that the, that, that the holy God that we serve— moved in that guy's heart because he heard some of your stuff. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's incredibly encouraging, uh, you know, because, you know, Dan and I, uh, we work in a, in a, in a space that uh, not a lot of churches actually get, right? So it's very, very encouraging. It's, uh, it's what keeps us doing what we do, because we know, we know that we cannot reach culture, Jim, by just inviting people to church, because a lot of those people won't ever come. So right. the church, as we, we talked about before the last break, you know, the church is not a cruise ship. It's an actual aircraft carrier. So we have to equip the saints, release them, and then, uh, and then, and then let, them, let them fly. Let them do what it is that God's called them to do. And the church is sort of a supporting element of that. So I, it's very, very encouraging. And I think... Uh, I think, man, if, if thousands and thousands of churches in this country can actually understand that and integrate that, like what Dan was just talking about, that, oh my goodness, you know, you're you're going to see you're going to see communities and 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 things turn upside down because you have to do that. It's not working the way that we've always done it. Well, and if you can, if you take that warship example, the, the aircraft carrier example, and you really think the church, a lot of times the church gets confused and thinks it's it's up there in the pilot house that that they're the, they're up there with the captain telling everybody where to go and what to do. But really, the church is supposed to be more of like the boiler room, where it, it where they give everybody the ability to do all the things that they're doing while they're just pushing the ship along the way. And and there's there's direction being given. Nobody could move the ship wouldn't move without the boiler room. Uh, I know I'm not using the right term. I didn't serve in the Navy. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. where the engines are is what I meant to say. Yeah. But, but you know, there was some really incredible news that came out. Both both Dan and you, Doug, I don't know if you saw this last week, but Barna Research released something last week that said that 
89% of Christians surveyed in their latest survey said that they had heard a faith and work sermon in the last year. As opposed mm-hmm. to 10 years ago, it was like 26%. So the it, things are changing. Had you guys heard that yet? Don't both the, Dan, had you seen that survey result last week? Yeah, I have seen some of those statistics, so that's definitely encouraging, and, and it's great to be a part of... You know, so everyone has a contribution, and that's really how I see my, my role is I have a contribution to play to to help get this message out as part of what God's called me to do. So I'm excited to see that. Well, and, mm-hmm. and when it is so great to just see that, that things are moving. And, and Dan, so the Lord led you out of out of the pulpit, out of being a pastor for over 20 years, and, and he led you to start Kingdom Way Ministries. What is Kingdom Way Ministries all about? Well, our mantra is to make work and ministry one, and we really target uh, two key areas to try to change that and part of this movement like you're talking about that you are a definite part of and what you are called to do, brothers. So thank you for for your ministry. Uh, We target uh, church leaders, really helping them change their mindset. And so we're partnered with Work Life because Doug has created the Switch Kit, some fabulous tools to really help in that venue, and I don't want to re- recreate the wheel on that, so we're really excited about working together. Uh, and then also we work with business leaders in some monthly coaching groups and workshops, and we're hosting a, a quarterly event we call Common Pursuit just to infuse business leaders with with faith uh, principles and biblical principles to integrate in every facet of what they do in their work. All right, we're talking today with Doug Spada from Work Life, and he's brought on a partner, a ministry partner from Kingdom Way Ministries, Dan Anderson. And Dan Anderson, in Kingdom Way Ministries, you said in your emails back and forth to me, Jim, I've got an incredible story to share on somebody who understood the whole thank God it's Monday deal. What's that story, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity to share it. Uh, It was a few years ago, and actually just... uh, started using the switch kit uh, with some people one-on-one and some small groups to get a better feel for it. Uh, and it was a Thanksgiving weekend. We had, my family and I had a great time together for four days. And then Sunday came around, and I kind of found myself in my own heart, even though I'm, I teach about this and try to get people to switch their mind to a different mindset. You know, thank God it's Monday all the time. I started getting that that Monday groan in my spirit, like, ah, oh, i got to go to work again tomorrow. And I talked with my kids, uh, they were kind of sensing the same thing. Oh, I've got to go to school after a great weekend. So I thought about it. I was like, why didn't I think about in, inviting my family into the concept? During the Switch experience, there is a, a place where you can sign up to receive six Mondays in a row text messages just to refresh your mind with the thing God of Monday concepts and integrating God into your work. So I thought, why didn't I do this with my family? So I started doing it Monday mornings. Get up. I said to my kids, I got twin boys that are 15, a girl is nine now. And uh, I said, Thank God it's Monday, guys. And so they kind of groaned, Yeah, whatever, Dad. <laughs> so, yeah. so we got into that for three weeks or so. And then, so one Monday morning, I said, Thank God it's Monday. And I go to the fridge and I grab a whole brand new gallon of milk. I open it up and it slips out of my hands and smash. It goes, just milk. We have an open floor plan in our house. There's milk drops everywhere. You know, on Monday morning, it's busy and chaotic. And I just stood there for a second, not knowing whether to scream, cry, or <laughs> say some Christian curse words. And then I hear in the background, my kids, thank God it's Monday, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and it just totally 
changed the whole scenario, and I just started laughing. I thought, okay, well, thank God's Monday. Let's worship God as we uh, wipe up all this mess. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was really cool. You know, and I hadn't thought about I had to tell that story because there's so many applications of this, you know, not just uh, for people in the work life, you know, but coworkers, church people, and even, you know, mentoring and, and discipling your kids is one of my biggest ministries. Uh, so that was a cool story I had to tell. We're talking today yeah. with Doug Spada from Work Life and Dan Anderson from Kingdom Way Ministries. Doug, as you hear a story like that, I know you probably have a million stories in the back of your mind, but you probably lose some of them. But at, Doug, as you started putting this into play in your own home, did, did you have any cool stories when you got your own? Well, you just mentioned one with Tricia and getting her to uh, 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 just under, just remember as she's having a tough Monday that mm-hmm. today's a day we celebrate the Lord. What about with your uh, with your children? Did you ever have any luck with the uh, Thank God It's Monday Monday Revolution? Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's just a uh it's a it's a constant drip scenario where uh I think we brought this up uh a couple weeks ago that uh we need to kind of live it out because they, they it's not so much what we say as you know it's kind of what they right. observe so um sometimes I'm not the best at it you know and and kids have a <laughs> I'm sure Dan you're like this and you your kids have an interesting way of calling you to account. <laughs> oh yeah. And so and uh, well, what I was told, uh, I was told my kids, Doug and Dan, that, you know, do as I say, not as I do never work for me. So I don't expect it to work for you. So I, <laughs> I plan. And so I, I just, I just to tell them, listen, it didn't work for me. So therefore, if I'm not living what I'm saying, I want you to call me out because I want to be able to apologize for it and move right on. Hey, I want to thank yeah. Tanya for calling in from Clearwater. She won the, the switch kit for today. It's always great to give one of those away. In fact, I have an extra one. That, that we didn't get to give away, I think, week one. So if you want to get a copy of the Switch Kit and revolutionize your thinking, call into the studio line, 877-943-9673. So, Doug, as you listen to Dan's story, and you know this, mm-hmm. you guys have worked together alongside each other for a lot of years, what's the mm-hmm. most encouraging thing that you hear from Dan as he gets to work with churches to help him with this whole Monday revolution? Yeah, and you know Dan and I have worked with churches for for quite some time, and I just think uh, it's very encouraging because it's it's uh, it's not like I always often think about you know it's it's not like this is a new thing. We're just getting back to the biblical roots, right? Of of what people right. are called to do. And I, I remember I, I told you one week I was saying that you know C.S. Lewis has this this uh, quote that says. You know, the, a sense of divine vision must be restored to man's daily work. So since we spend all that time, like Dan said, and more miracles in the Bible happened in the workplace, all those, like, biblical stats and stuff, it just makes biblical sense. And that's where we spend most of our time. That's where we're called by God. And, and I also brought up the other day when we talked about understanding this, just so the listening audience does, doesn't confuse, this is not just about going to work and evangelizing your coworkers. No, that is that's right. not what this is about. That so what is, is it about, natural, Doug? Yeah, it's a natural. It's a natural byproduct. That is a natural byproduct of just living out who God has called you to be. So, here's what I'm saying: the very work itself that you do brings glory to God. Okay. The very work. If you're an accountant, or you're a nurse like my wife, or you work at Star Starbucks, or you're an executive at a business, 
You doing your work well brings a smile to God's face. Remember, he's a creator. He created us in his image to work. So we're never more like God when we are working, because work is a spiritual act of worship. Well, and Dan, you said that you created this thing called the Switch Workshop based on Doug's material from Work Life that you can find online at worklife.org. What are these Switch Workshops all about? Yeah, well, it's really designed to help the church think differently about the work. And so I'll just give a quick over uh, outline of it, and, and then I want to tap into something a story that Doug just talked about that comes up in this workshop. We talk about the three short circuits you guys have been visiting about the last few weeks and the four conductors that maximize bridging the Sunday to Monday gap. Uh, and then also the work as a place to witness, but that's, that's just one piece of it. And really one of the things we're really talking about is, is a balanced view of work. So for example, one of the things we talk about is in the workshop is not just the invitational value sharing the gospel in the workplace, but the instrumental value and the intrinsic value. So, for example, instrumental value is a gal at a workshop we did that uh, was a cellist at the at, uh, Bozeman Symphony. And we, in our discussion group, it came up, the question is, what is the instrumental value of your work? And she was at a loss. She just, she felt depressed because she wasn't have opportunities to share Christ in her workplace. And I, I just asked some questions in the group discussion. So what value are you bringing to people? Did God create music? Do you think people on a Friday night when they come to watch you have had a terrible week and that your music can totally change their perspective and heart? And as we talked about that, she just had a whole brand new outlook on mm-hmm. what God had called her to be as a cellist in a symphony. And I just think about, you know, so that's a figurative and literal application, the instrumental value God created us to be fruitful, to multiply, that everything is given to be a ministry, to share the love of Jesus in varied ways. So we touch a lot of those principles in the workshop, and then we try to work with them to have next steps, develop long-term strategies, including the switch kit, uh, to help them heat up the value and the emphasis of turning Monday moan into a greater sense of meaning and mission. And how long do you think, Dan Anderson, with Kingdom Wave Ministries, how long do you think it takes for people, for a church to make that paradigm shift, for a pastor to grab onto that and say, okay, I get it. How long, how, a lot of people are listening going, how do I get this started in my church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the, the workshop is really designed to be impetus on that, but it's ongoing because, I'll uh, give you another example, just last week on a Wednesday morning group of business leaders I have, I heard you guys all talking about uh, my work is a curse view that some people have. So there's a business leader in that that group that has been involved in the church all of his life in solid Bible-teaching churches. And he actually said this last Wednesday morning. He said, you know, so is it okay that I enjoy my work? He teaches people how to do trading online. Is it okay that I enjoy my work because work is a curse? And I thought, you've got to be kidding. Are you serious? And so we talked about that, and, and as far as the church goes, there's so many things that can be changed. It's a, three things. One is our language. You know, a lot of times we, we talk about, and I did too, it's like when God called me to full-time ministry. Right. Well, what does that mean for the person in work? They kind of see themselves as a second-tiered Christian then, but not really having a high, noble calling. 
And then, uh, you know, things like when we pray over and send missionaries out, it's never over a bank teller or a plumber. It's, a, it's usually, you know, missionaries on short-term trips or people leaving their careers going to the mission field. And then, you know, things like spiritual gifts. Where is the church on Monday? It's in the temple of believers. So when I taught spiritual gifts for years, it was always focused on, you know, how do you serve the church in the church using the gifts? Well, where, where are people on Monday? So for me, it took probably, you know, a good good year or more to kind of make that shift. Uh, but it doesn't have to take that long. And so that's one of the things I'm excited about with this uh, workshop and team with Doug is, is to try to speed up that process of a change and get them to think about a new paradigm of how they go about ministry. And Doug, that's really the point behind the switch kit. It's a six-week paradigm-shifting uh, piece that helps people understand the switch, and it's six Mondays in a row. I mean, tell people how this it, will change their lives. Yeah, it's uh, as we've talked before, uh, Jim. It's a, it's really an experience, right? So, so people, uh, people, yes, they're going to get biblical knowledge and all that, but we we think that people need to actually practice it. You know, some people. You know, you can have all this head knowledge, but you need to actually go do it. So, so the switch kit has little video clips. Uh, Dan mentioned sort of these text alerts that actually help you keep God top of mind on Mondays. Uh, it engages you in exercises. Sometimes you apply certain scriptures or what we call the Ten Commandments. And then we've been talking about this whole moan uh, and how we, we, we groan and moan on Monday. In order to keep ourselves accountable, there's a, there's a Monday moan meter inside this switch kit, so you actually record your moan time or your disposition every single week. So it only takes six Mondays over a six-week period, and uh, we've just seen uh, you know people really kind of come to a, to a fun kind of change and transformation. And when that happens across the church, it's very, very exciting because now you've got an entire group of believers that are moving out of the church, and, and you have testimonies like you've heard from, uh, from Dan and many others that, uh, that start happening, and the church starts to become the church out in the world. Amen. And that church out in the world, we were there to impact culture. The church is supposed to be the culture shaper, and by engaging the culture and celebrating Monday, we've got a lot better opportunity to do that than if we are bemoaning on a Monday, or if we're moaning on Monday. Isn't that true, Dan? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Dan Anderson with Kingdom Way Ministries. You can find him online at kingdomwayministries.net. Thanks so much for sharing your faith, your testimony, and what Kingdom Way Ministries is doing out there to help churches grab onto the Monday switch and join in the Monday Revolution. Dan Anderson, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thank you. Thank you, Doug, too, as well. Lord bless you Thank guys. you. Well, yeah, and Doug, when we come back, I want to talk about that difference when we make this switch, when we when we get our wiring straightened out and we start to work with God instead of working for God and sometimes mm-hmm. instead of working against God, actually understanding what it means to work with God, getting our wiring straight so we are on the road and we start our work on Monday, we're working with God. Doug, I think it'd be really helpful as we as we just take the concept of what you and Dan Anderson were talking about through this whole show today of, of as a church grasping onto our work as our mission and our ministry. But I think it really takes that, that understanding the difference between working for God and working with God. What, what is the difference in those two things? Yeah, you know, as we did a lot of our research, um, Jim, we realized that there was 
basically three fundamental ways that people can, you know, go to work, okay? One of them is they can go to work and work without God. We're very familiar with that. We call that a Monday morning atheist, right? Someone who loves God, but yet just works like he doesn't exist. We know how that looks like. That's isolated, switched off, independent. But then as followers of Christ, we make a sometimes a slight adjustment to working for God. Now, that uh, kind of tends it, lends itself towards more to pleasing God and working out of duty and performance. What you and I talked about once is working with God, right? That's out of the finished work of Christ, right? That's enjoying God, working out of His rest. We are co-creating with God. We are actually, uh, you know, just flowing with Him. I was thinking about Second Peter one three, where it says, you know. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So it says His His divine power has given us everything we need. So listen, what part of everything does not include your work? Meaning, God has given us the power to actually live a godly life and a switched-on life no matter what work context you're in. Well, where's that power come from? What do you mean? Well, it's it's obviously the power of the Holy Spirit. It's it's actually what lives inside of us. You know, I was thinking about Noah, right? It says that that Noah walked with God. Well, think about this, Jim. Listen, Noah was building the ark for fifty years. Fifty years he got jeered and poked at and laughed at. So a lot of us think we got it hard in the workplace and stuff. Try staying focused and walking with God for 50 years. I think we can do it for the number of years that God has called us and for the people that he has called us to wherever our workplace is. Well, why do you think it's only 50 years? I thought the Scripture said he did it for 100 years, that God gave him the job, and 100 years later was the flood. Why do you think it was only 50 years that he took him to build it? Man, I you know that's that's beyond my pay grade. <laughs> okay, yeah, man, All 50, me too. 50 All right, years is, you said it. I just wanted to ask. Okay. Yeah, All I right. was... Uh, You've created these tools, Doug Spada, from work life. You've created these, this, this switch kit that will help yes. simple guys like you and me, simple ladies like Trisha. You're, well, she's not simple. She's, a, she's complicated. She's got that whole RN thing going. But mm-hmm. just normal people, people that never thought about the fact that our workplace was our mission field, this kit will step-by-step step help people understand that Monday is to be celebrated and Monday enters our workplace. When people go through this, Doug, how often do you hear back from people going, this changed my life? Yeah, Jim, it, you know, it takes a little bit. This is not an overly religious thing, so it's easy to actually uh, engage. Matter of fact, the first, the first step, we, we often say, you know, can you, give, can you just trust God with six Mondays? I mean, I think all of us listening can actually trust God with just six Mondays to try to to have a better Monday, and then therefore work can change from this kind of four-letter curse word to actually what God said about work. Remember we covered that? God said that work was good. So right. it's uh, very simple to engage. It's easy for small groups to do, or you could do it in a business uh, group, or you can just grab another person. And so usually what we see, Jim, is that in the first week, it just engages people in this concept of moan. What's your disposition? What's your moan time? And it helps. It's sort of an awakening. And uh, you, we usually find after about Three, maybe four weeks, people are going, Jim, listen, 
I'm not even thinking about Mondays the same again, and, and I'm not thinking about work the same. So they engage their work. They engage their spiritual act of worship, which is work, in a whole different way, which is very, very exciting and, and very hopeful for, for people that are just slugging it out and have never thought about their work is actually worship unto God. It's amazing. Doug Spader with Work Life. Thanks so much for being on iWork for him today. Thank you, Jim. All right, we'll talk to you next week. All right, yes, thank God it's Monday. And that's what Work Life is all about. Go out to worklife.org and join Martha and I and Doug Spade and his wife, Tricia, in thanking God it's Monday. There are thousands of people across the nation thanking God for today. It's Monday. Wow, what what a paradigm shift. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.